Welcome to Bibliovile, where a husband and his wife and her family, kind of, get each other the worst books they can find and make the other one read it. For this episode of Bibliovile, Mick and Susan read Made for a Rockstar by Demelza Carlton, and Matt and Michelle read Sweeping Peace by Alana Andrews. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. For this special post-Christmas episode of Bibliovile, we have two special guests. Um, but to get us started, I am your co-host, Susan Dickinson. And I am your also co-host, Mick Dickinson. We are recording this on a brand new Christmas time miracle microphone. And also in what we affectionately call the Harry Potter closet, uh, because it's about the size of a pretty good room. So if this doesn't sound good, I don't know anymore. We do have two special guests for today's episode. My sister, loyal listener Michelle Johnson. Why, hello. And her husband, my brother-in-law, semi-loyal listener Matt Lauer. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's, it's really more occasional listener. Disloyal listener. <laughs> now, you may recognize Matt as being a previous guest and the goodnight shout out. Uh, we hate being easily understood, hence the uh, everything about this podcast. But uh, my brother is named Matt, and my brother-in-law is named Matt. It's uh, not confusing at all. Especially not when Matt and his wife Meg lived in Minneapolis, and Michelle and her husband Matt still live in Madison. There's a lot of M's. A lot of M's. It was too many M's to keep track of, especially like a bowl when we full visited of candy. them all in one vacation. Yes. It was terrifying. It was our M vacation. It was our M vacation. Well. 1,000. That's not what the Roman numeral was, is it? Uh-huh. Now C is 100. And M is 1,000. Yeah, L is 50. So normally for this podcast, Mick and I go to the library, we pick out books for each other, and then swap. For this one, um, since Matt and Michelle live in Madison and not in Iowa City and we don't share the same library, um, we decided to do something a little different and find books off of the Kindle store. Um, the book that they picked out for us was so bad that it is free. <laughs> I have a theory on this, but we'll get to it. <laughs> um, I actually retroactively would like the author to pay us money for having read that book. You're right. The the royalties of appearing in this podcast are worth more than her writing. Mm-hmm. Well, Clearly. quote unquote, her writing. Her writing. I cannot believe that her name is a real name. And then the book that Matt and Michelle read was like two ninety nine on the Kindle store. Yeah, probably. Something like that. As Sally Struthers says, less than the price of coffee. So we are now enjoying some beer and a nice bottle of wine after enjoying a delightful Christmas dinner. Yeah, uh, it was medium rare, possibly even rare, rare beef tenderloin. So I am meat drunk as well as uh, a little beer tipsy. (laughs) So I feel like now is a good time to get on into it. So Matt Michelle, how was your book? Was it it great? (laughs) <laughs> so I think maybe we'll start with what's it about, uh, because that's the real crazy part of this book. Um, so uh, the book Sweep in Peace by Ilona Andrews, and I am not sure that I am saying that correctly, and I apologize if I am not. However, Sweep in Peace is book two in a series. <laughs> I love Woo! it when we do that. Nailed which it. is the Innkeeper Chronicles. Um, 
so the main character... Uh, so actually, before we get started really into the book, I would like to share some facts that I just learned oh, about good. the author, which is that Ilona Andrews is the pen name of a husband and wife team Ew. who um, write together. So it's Ilona, uh, Ilona Gordon and Andrew Gordon. Hey, I okay. I Why not it. Gordon Alona? I don't know. Um, that sounds bad. <laughs> Gordon's Alona. So Alona was born in the Soviet Union and uh, and then met, I don't know, her husband here in the U.S. after she immigrated as a teenager. So that's weird and interesting. And Soviet is... Union, books romance you. <laughs> oh, God. Nick, is that what's going to happen to us? Are we going to read so many of these books that, that we we're going to move to the become... Soviet Union? <laughs> no, yeah. that we're going to become, like, we're going to have a mutual pseudonym and we're going to write terrible books and sell no them for No one would ever read Kimmel anything store? by Susan Mick. <laughs> or Mick Susan. <laughs> Anyway, so also interestingly, they live in Texas, which explains why this book is set in Texas. Oh, um, nothing else does. So the backstory on Sweep and Peace is that um, they an innkeeper. So where do I even start? Um, so so Earth is a. Um, Sort of nexus point between a large number of places. Oh, I'm sorry, good. Michelle. I have to ask this question really, really early. Are there shifters? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so in so Earth is a nexus point between many um planets. It's like a it's like some kind of highway, and people mm. have to stop there a lot. Um, but the resident, the normal workday residents of Earth yeah. are not allowed to know that any aliens exist. So there are these people called innkeepers who are who live in essentially smart magical smart houses. So did you ever see the movie Smart House on the Disney yes. Channel? No, but I saw the Simpsons Halloween special parody of it. Right. So that, except magic, instead of technology. Um, Wonderful. So that's what an inn is. Hold, hold up. So, it's called Sweep and Peace, but if they have a magic smart house, does anyone actually need to sweep? No, no one needs to sweep. However, innkeepers carry brooms as a rep, and they carry they carry brooms and wear robes as a representative of their status as innkeepers. As witches. Right, basically. <laughs> yeah, Um. I mm-hmm. also have a question. Okay. So this makes Earth like the truck stop of planets. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Oh, great. Um, so, um, you know, it makes sense. It really does. Right. <laughs> So, uh, Dinah, I'm going to choose to call her Dinah. Does she ever go into the kitchen with anyone? She goes, yes, many times. Ooh. <laughs> so, Dinah owns an, owns an inn called the Gertrude Hunt. That's the name of the inn, the Gertrude Hunt Inn. Um, There's a joke there somewhere. I don't understand why it's named is Gertrude it, Hunt. Is it fine. because the two founders of the inn were Gertrude and Hunter, so, and then they decided to go in together <laughs> on a name? <laughs> Possibly, but I don't know. So, she owns the Gertrude Hunt Inn. Um, she comes from a family of innkeepers, but her parents have disappeared mysteriously, which comes up over and over again throughout the course of the book. Is it ever resolved, or does it just keep coming up? We're pretty sure it's resolved in book three of the trilogy. <laughs> ah, yes. This is the suitcase episode. Exactly. So, she uh, she runs the Gertrude Hunt Inn, which has two and a half stars in the rating system, oh, which is like is pretty much what it sounds like. It sounds like it's like a rating of out of five, because yeah. two and a half is pretty middle of the road. And essentially... Distinctly. So what happens is, um, so she runs this inn. There is one permanent guest whose name is Caldinia, who I actually quite like, and we'll get to her in a little bit. She's kind of a 
I don't know how to explain she's her like at a, all. She's like a lady who is also sort of a cat. Yeah. She's also, <laughs> also kind of a cat. Yeah. Yay. It's very confusing. Like Mr. Tumnus. But she's the... F- she's Wait, like... did I get that wrong again? Mr. Mistopheles. Oh. I said yes. Mr. Tumnus. He's the goat. Yeah, he's the goat, he's the goat yeah. person. He's awesome. Um, so Caldinia is also incredibly rich, and I just imagined her as Kate Blanchett from Cinderella. <laughs> oh, oh, yep. Constantly. Because she, I just imagined her always wearing green and looking like she was going to murder you, possibly. Um, <laughs> I just think of her as Don and Evil. Also, also fair. Yeah. Um, Not so, wearing green. So that's but... Caldinia, and she's, the, she's sort of the staying guest at the inn. But inns get power from their guests, and the Gertrude Hunt hasn't had any for a long time. Um, so then an arbitrator shows up and the arbitrators, of that course, are these people who are trying to like shockingly arbitrate. Things. I'm raising my hand. Uh, yes, yes Mick. Um, was arbitrator capitalized? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and what could be more it's exciting the, than an arbitrator? <laughs> <laughs> so an arbitrator shows Uh-oh. up and, and wants, and proposes that he, he says, I would like to host peace talks and I would like to host them at your inn and we'll pay you an, an and he... It, they talk about it like it's an enormous amount of money, but it's a million dollars. And like, I was kind of like, like, that's a lot of money. That's, Don't yeah, get me wrong, I would like a like, million dollars. Like the request he has is, I would like to host the peace talks for a war that has been going on for like 30 years between three factions. And you will have to host a delegation from each of the three factions for an indeterminate length of time. Because <laughs> what's more exciting than peace talks? <laughs> Literally nothing is more exciting than peace talks. That's why they wrote a book about it, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Henry Kissinger didn't get famous for nothing. Right. And it was bombing Cambodia. That's what he got famous for. Yes. So um, she decides to accept the, the booking for the Gertrude Hunt because A, she needs the money, and B, the inn needs the magic that it will get from hosting all these people. Essentially, the inn is sort of like, like a, not a parasite, because it's like, it's like a symbiotic relation yeah. kind relationship kind of thing. Like, um, like the trill in Deep Space Nine. Go on. Naturally. <laughs> the trill in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> in Deep Space Nine. So um, she accepts the accepts the offer and then she sets about getting ready. And in order to get ready, she buys a bunch of stuff from places like Costco, Costco and, Target. and Target. Hey, this is, is Texas. Very confusing because I'm not used to seeing those names in my sci-fi fantasy books. I love Susan it is. when sci-fi fantasy coexists with real life. I'm I'm a little sad that it was Texas and not Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah. It could have worked out. It was well. it was jarring. I didn't understand the point, but I'm getting too into the weeds. You should yeah. continue. Was one of the nice. people who showed up to the peace talks is like, I am Thranos the third. I am. Mesostopheles. I'm Derek. <laughs> no, actually, oh. they all had consistently weird names. Okay, good. It was nobody had That's a disappointing. Name. Yeah, they were consistently weird. But wasn't yeah. there like a jokey name? Um, there was one person whose name they heard as Cookie on purpose. Yeah, Cookie. Yeah, but that's yeah. the closest they get. But it was like spelled differently on yeah. the page. With a K. Yeah, shout no, out to was, Cookie with a K. It was, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Cookie with a K. <laughs> it turns out with like 60 different characters, it's kind of hard to follow who's yeah. who and what's happening. <laughs> so, so she agrees to it. She goes and gets a bunch of stuff from Costco, but then she also realizes she needs a chef because she doesn't have one. She's been cooking for herself all this time. Um, so she goes and gets a chef and the chef that she finds is someone who, so we spend a lot of time talking about this in the car because it's very confusing, mm-hmm. but she, basically the, the author needed an excuse for a very expensive chef to be available for very little money. So they invented this character who had been a very highly ranked chef and then was accused of poisoning people. 
Taco? It was not taco. I'm so sad it was not taco. Sizzle it up with taco. (laughs) However, uh, he did not, although he did not in fact poison anyone, it was his sous chef who did it, which is... Shh. (laughs) We'll have to feed that to the void fish. Like four people got those references and they'll really appreciate them. Matt and I were not two of the four. (laughs) Michelle talks about it all the time. She's about Adventure Zone. But Dave was. Nice. Okay. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Shout out to Dave. Also, other Matt will get this. Um, Matt so, A versus Matt 1. So I've been getting him. to this because this is the thing I've been not telling Susan. For oh, I'm so excited. So the chef that they find who didn't actually poison anyone because the sous chef did it. And we know that because he literally just tells us that. That's the first thing. <laughs> and we trust him. <laughs> and, and we, we just believe him. Because why wouldn't you trust him? Yeah, my sous chef did it. He is a Quilonian. Which is capitalized. Uh-oh. That's the name uh, of his species. Oh my goodness Willonian. I know where this is going. He's a hedgehog person. <laughs> I mean, you could infer that. I got it. He, he is, is a, a hedgehog, hedgehog person. person. He's, He's constantly grumpy. And is then when he, he yawns. A, is he adorable when he grumpy. sneezes? So at one point... Something... Do you give him a bath with a toothbrush? They never give him a bath. Oh, he seems he like does an adult float, male. Though. Yeah, right? uh, <laughs> but at one point he gets very happy and all of his spines go up. It's very cute. I love that so much. At one point, he yawns and his entire forehead folds into uh, itself. Which is, yes. eat a lot of carrots. No, he's a very, he's a very snooty chef. Well, snooty and snouty. Um, so like. this is the specific quote, which I'm pulling out of a Goodreads review. My my future chef was an oversized hysterical hedgehog with a martyr complex, which is pretty much <laughs> the story of Oro. That's his name. O-R-R-O. Oro. The chef. Um... So yeah, she finds the chef, and then the peace delegation show up. So first, the was it first the the Otrakars land? Mm-hmm. The orcs. They're basically orcs. They like they're like orcs from Lord of the Rings, essentially, mm-hmm. but they're called Otrakars. The other um, cars. And they they land and they like go up to their rooms that she has like set aside in the inn because it turns out one of the things she can do is make the inn whatever shape she wants and build rooms to ah, whatever specifications. She's she TARDISing. So fancy. Actually, like, that was one of the cooler parts of the book. Yeah. Her, like, innkeeper magic was pretty cool. She can, like, control what the inn looks like and mm. what all the rooms are and all that stuff. So the Ultracars show up and then the vampires show up. Stop it. Naturally. I no. literally cannot stop. Those two classic <laughs> adver- adversaries. Orcs and, and vampires. vampires. Yep. And they're all aliens. Oh, yeah. They're all aliens. Of course. And one of them is a hedgehog alien. And one of them is a hedgehog alien. Yeah. So the so the the vampires show up and they all go to their respective places. And one of them is someone that she knows from I assume the first book because they refer to a lot of things happening between them. Um, and who with whom she clearly has a sort of love trial triangle thing going on. But she keeps talking about this other guy that she really likes, whose name is Sean. And then the third thing that happened. <laughs> of that course, made his me name go, is Sean. The third thing that happened that made me go Ugh, was it was revealed that he is a werewolf. So in the first Sean book, is a oh no. Triangle between a girl, a vampire, and a werewolf, and that is the thing that happens. I don't, I don't think I've seen that before. Have I seen that before? That's very such I've a unique little triangle. Oh, so, I didn't know that sorry, sorry, listeners. So then, cock. We dropped I'll just leave y'all. this as trash. So after the vampires arrive, the merchants arrive, and they are fox people, tiny little fox people, and All they right. constantly tell you how cute they are. Um, <laughs> and fine, they. 
Uh, they show up, and there are more of them than, than they expected to be, and one of them is named sort of Cookie, but not really, but they call him Cookie for the rest of the book, so it doesn't it's matter. Yeah. And then they all go to their places. And then the negotiations begin, and then, like, the middle two-thirds of the book happens. It's a and conference. It's so exciting. It's, it's no like I thought you were kidding. They actually spend a lot of time of the book talking about the conference. Yeah. Yes. Or is it like she room three is out of muffins and oh, I have to go no. fill them up, or is it like no, you need like, to trade deals? Is no, it episode like, one or it's like I'm bored. Literally, the guests <laughs> yeah. are like I'm bored, and she goes to Target and buys them like a game console for the vampires. Yeah. yeah yes. So at one point, she has to like decide how to. End. Oh, so here's another thing that happened that made me go, Ugh, which is um, yeah, when the vampires arrive, the guy that she knew before, whose name is Arland, I believe. That's what I'm gonna call him. So like Texas? Isn't there an Arland, Texas? Maybe. Yes, there is. Yeah. So his name is Arland, and oh, I think, and he, <laughs> and she sign. describes him as being just like the most like incredibly attractive just being mm. like the most attractive person that you would see like if you just saw him in a bar you would like melt and then i i pushed the little button to turn the page of my kindle and there was an illustration i and i was like no this is not how you convey like no because if you say someone is the most beautiful man on the planet you don't put a picture in like, there one person is imagining orlando bloom as legolas one person is imagining like that Aragorn. guy who plays cal drogo one person is imagining like i don't know um leslie odom jr and then they can all imagine that the thing. basketball player no <laughs> that's Lamar Odom. I just want you to know that I knew I was wrong everywhere. internet yeah. um, so like all three of those people can be right in their own heads but as soon as you put an illustration on the page that disappears forever so I was so mad that a romance novel had illustrated anything I was actually happy because I read it on a plane and it downloaded without the pictures so oh. I didn't have to see them wait you said romance novel well, well, I mean, like, a, a novel romance in which romance oh, okay. things happen. Okay, okay, like, okay. I would not call this a romance novel because there were no, like... I'm glad for your sake. Yeah, congratulations, you two. It's like a G-rated no romance novel, oh. if anything. Oh, I would like to say, here's how it's revealed to us that Sean is a werewolf. Uh, she has a whole paragraph about how he left, and then she says, it was probably for the best. Werewolves were nothing but trouble anyway. <laughs> oh, by the way, werewolves exist. Sorry. <laughs> cool, thanks. Um... <laughs> So yeah, uh, so for like two thirds of the book, the negotiations happen, and George, the boring. arbitrator, George, George, the yeah. arbitrator, George and Sean, good, Sean, <laughs> who dares out. come before me, uh, George? He's like he's the like arbitrator, very human. He's like human. Oh, okay, yeah, that's he's fine. like a, he's like straight up from that, that's a guy. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh, the, the negotiations happen, and then about, like, with just a little bit left in the book, um, Dinah gets poisoned. Um, really I no bet reason. it was the sous yeah, chef. Yeah, really, like, no reason. No, it was a character that we had literally met two times. Both times they were just named. Like, yep. their name was in a list of other names that was happening at the same time. It was like reading the book of Genesis. And <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and... And 
so the and so she gets poisoned, and then she has to figure out who the poisoner is, mm. and then also convince everyone to come to a peace accord so that she can have money so that her inn can keep existing. Um, and then essentially a bunch of stuff happens, and they talk to dead people somehow, which was mm-hmm. never previously introduced. It turns or out explained. that George is a necromancer oh. <laughs> to speak to the dead. Yeah, naturally. So of that's, course, that's what they do. Inherent in the name arbitrator. Yes. <laughs> um, so that happens, and then the people who are who are at the peace talks realize after listening to the dead tell them how worthless this has all been. Like, oh. We shouldn't be at war anymore because we've just heard all of the pain that the people who died in this war have had to undergo. And, like, that's really dumb. Why have we been doing this for 30 years? So then they just sign peace agreements and then get to go home and explain those peace agreements to their countries or their, I guess, their peoples. None of whom were here, so they don't have this experience of having experienced the, like, the what people. the dead people did. Yeah. It was so weird and strange. Oh, so the foxes are like, so, guys... We had to give up our spice mines and six planets, but ghosts are sad. You gotta believe me. <laughs> Basically. Yes. This seems like the the end of some like uh, very early Star Trek episode when they didn't have money to film an actual thing happening. It's, it's very season one TNG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Was there any sort of, like, rising action that set you up for the next book? Yes. So there was a couple of things. And so I would say, like, the main plot of this book was a mess. And I feel like (laughs) most of its purpose was to... So it's a three-part series. Uh So I have a feeling that book one is, like, setting up all the people so you get to introduce all the sort of main characters. And her secret family. And her family who's disappeared. Um, And then I have a feeling book three is addressing the disappeared family and, like, general, like ultimate climax of what's going on but book two i have a feeling is sort of a bottle episode and then also like we have to set up a bunch of pieces and introduce a bunch of characters so you know about different people and care about them for the next book so books one and two essentially exist to set you up for book three Yes. Well, and book one, like, <laughs> introduces you to the story and the yeah. concepts and the idea. Like, it's all yeah. the world building and stuff like that, so. We, we assume there's world building, because in book two, it just sort of seems like they're throwing words on the page. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I haven't read book one, so I can't tell you. In book two, it's just, there is a world. I don't know if it has been appropriately built, but it exists. It yes. Here such, it is. such people in it. Let me list them for you. <laughs> Here's a hedgehog person. Here's all the types of people. And Number one, hedgehog lies. person. Number two, witch. Yeah. Um, Where We forgot one of my favorite silly things that happened. Go was for it. The, the Utrecar lady who wanted a grumpy cat. Oh, no, she was the merchant no. lady. Stop. Oh, the merchant lady? They, in this book, reference the meme, grumpy, grumpy cat. cat. Yes. yes. They call it the ennui predator. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, okay, it went all the way back around and into fantastic. The ennui <laughs> predator? Yes. I love that so much. Now all of them seem French. <laughs> Look at this feline. She is so sad all the time. She is ennui predator. <laughs> That's amazing. Did they not know that memes by their... Oh, now I'm getting philosophical. Memes by their very nature are fleeting. 
And those books, unfortunately, last forever. Yeah, mostly. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they thought about Especially that. Especially e-books. It yeah. was jarring and served no purpose to the plot. <laughs> but, but it was silly. It was it's very silly. silly. So um, the whole, like, the situation that happened with that was basically everybody was bored during the peace talks. So the <laughs> Including the reader. Yeah. The innkeeper <laughs> had to go get them stuff to do. So she went and got the merchants, the, a, a cat, mm-hmm. a kitten. Um, because they wanted foxes and kittens are like they this. wanted the ennui predator, so yeah. she got them a cat, um, and uh, and then she got the the, the vampires, vampires Call of Duty. She got the vampires <laughs> Call of Duty yeah. because vampires care deeply about um, strategy and like fighting to prove that they're the greatest, and the idea is like a small team of like. Very powerful warriors can defeat even a large team of less powerful. Did warriors. she have to teach all of the vampires our Earth uh, swear words no. in order to be <laughs> no, able to on Xbox Live? I don't think they were on the internet. Oh okay. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're playing local. Um. So so then they, she also introduced the orc people, the Otrakars, to the game of football, to American football, mm-hmm. and she taught them how to play football. And that was how she, like, decided to entertain them. She, like, I think she showed them a bunch of games and, like, had, like, provided them with a set of rules and then they, like, yep. played football. Because it's a war game about the acquisition of territory. She's essentially a <laughs> I suppose mom. it is. Yeah. She's basically, she has to, like, take care of everyone and maintain neutrality. I'm like a throughout. camp counselor. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the overall story. Uh, the, like, core plot was kind of a mess because it's like setting up so many pieces mm-hmm. and it was just like not super exciting and a lot of really weird extraneous things happened that like mm-hmm. didn't fall in with the main plot we didn't go over all of them but like there was there was a theft of an of an incredibly expensive emerald by an invisible person that had to be solved mm-hmm. um and, and there was, was like, no way to solve it Right, it was like no way for you, the reader, to figure out who. Uh, no yes. the, the murder at the Rue Morgue syndrome. Right, yeah. it was an orangutan. Or the help me Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, did Jesus the, help? The Lord no, helped me solve this murder. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, I wouldn't put it past Texas couple authors. Hmm. Um, however, there were some really great things. So uh, I liked. Mm-hmm. I guess we skipped the range. So Sean does show up again. <laughs> Um, Sean. Sh- spoilers. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest oh. spoiler in the book. But so he shows up again and like ends up staying at the inn again at the end of the book. He's staying with her and they're sort of dating. They go on a date. Um, and then there's also an interesting subplot with a cop who can tell something weird is happening at the inn that's like <laughs> magical and stuff, yep. but it's shielded so he can't figure out what exactly is going on. Ah, the and, Hogwarts. Right. And at one point, one of the orcs cuts the front off of his car oh. and they have to like. They, like, tranquilize him and then, like, edit his dash cam footage and stuff to, like, hide that. So they essentially take away all the evidence. Uh-huh. So they edit his dash cam footage and they repair his car because they have alien technology Naturally. to do that. Um, but the orc... If there's one thing vampires are known for, it's body work. Yes. But the orc guy who knows how to fix the car is really mad because he doesn't want to fix the car because it is incredibly inefficient. fuel inefficient yeah. and he uses fossil uh, fuel and all this stuff and he's really mad and he doesn't want to fix the car and they finally convince him to mostly by Donna saying you're doing this and I don't care if you don't want to, um, <laughs> which is great. And they, um, so they fix it. Uh, and he says like, yeah, I fixed it. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to it. And then at the end of the book, the cop shows back up again. He pulls them over. They're like going to their date and he pulls them over. And Donna's like, oh, I didn't do anything. What are you, why are you pulling me over? And he says, uh, I drove, I, dr- he says, I drove to Dallas and back every day this week. And she was like, that's a lot of time in the car. And he says, like, yeah, 200 miles each way or something crazy. 
And then he says, I filled up on Monday. And I haven't filled up since. <laughs> so, she says, so the orc man, like, did something fancy yeah, to his car? She's like, that's nice. And he's like, I put 1,400 miles on my car and I still have a quarter <laughs> tank of gas left. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, that's nice. And basically, like, please don't ask me Like, gives questions. him the elbow, like, that's nice, isn't it? You'll be, Just don't ask questions, you'll be that's needing nice. These, yeah, you'll be needing these sticks of plutonium. Yeah. Where we're going, we don't need gas. So that was nice, and I liked Oro was cute, and like they they described food in a way that made me want to eat food, which is kind of that's hard very to nice. Do. That's hard to do in a book. Yeah, it is hard. I to do skip in a food. Book. Yeah, she like and like to be fair, they didn't like describe the eating of food. They just mm. described the dish. So it was sort of like reading a line on a menu, but it was still like, ah, oh, this is pleasant. Nice. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep that well, if it was pleasant, Rare. then it was done better yeah. than George R. R. Martin does it. Right. Yes. Um, and then also Caldinia was great. Like she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. She was like basically constantly yeah. threatening to murder everyone <laughs> and i i really like it in books when like a younger female protagonist who's like the like narrator has an older female sort of semi-role model slash like person to be around yeah so i liked that a lot the i i appreciate the archetype and it's an archetype but like the put upon yeah. house guest or that that was there first yeah like that i enjoy that kind of character um but to summarize conferences are not interesting <laughs> and books about conferences <laughs> Also, not, not interesting. interesting. <laughs> there is one quote that I would like to read that I thought was timely. Okay. <laughs> for our modern times. <clears throat> uh, elegance is never ostentatious, and there's nothing more bourgeois than covering everything in gold. It screams that one has too much money and too little taste. Oh yeah! And I was like, "Oh, snark! Hello, You're I here. love it. I appreciate I you. I love it's it." Coming from Texas, yeah. So, overall thoughts. What was your experience like? One out of book? Grumpy Cat. Mm. I don't, I don't know what to say on that scale. <laughs> on a scale of one to Grumpy Cat, this was rated on meme. <laughs> this was a was this a success kit on the scale of Grumpy Cat? Mm, I don't know about a success. It wasn't. Kid, ex- it wasn't exceedingly successful. Yeah, I was would... this a get your shit together, Tyrone? Yeah, this is probably get your shit together, Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about You're right. Not being an advice dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like overall, the writing was good. Um, the plotting for the main plot was not that great, but the, um, but like the side plot stuff, all of the character work that she did to sort of develop the side characters was really interesting. It was just the main plot was incredibly boring and fell apart. <laughs> it was oh, about wow. a conference. Yeah, yeah, that seems backwards for most parts. Usually it's where it, the small stuff's where it falls apart. Mm-hmm. I did really like the idea of like an, of an inn that is essentially a magical smart house. That was really interesting. Um, and I thought she, more time on that. she executed the like magic of it pretty well. So Yeah, so, that sounds really cool. Yeah. So, I would read more of that. Yeah. Inns are also called taverns, correct? Uh, sometimes, yes. Yeah, and so this would be described as a magic tavern? <laughs> I mean, it's not really a tavern, so she doesn't, She doesn't, there's no, like... There's no bar. Yeah, you can't just come in and get a drink, oh, you have that's to also come why in and it was stay. Boring. So she does not say... <laughs> kind of like my company Christmas party. Uh, mm. She So she does not end up saying... Hello from the Magic Tavern. She, Two she podcast says, references in one. She never says hello from the Magic Tavern. Night Vale. Serial. I can keep going. <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang. There was a theme between the two books, and that theme is hotels. Oh, goodness. Because yours was about an innkeeper, and ours was about a hotel maid. 
to a rock star. Ours was what? How'd you know? Just terrible. Yeah, I was excited about this one because I'd read some excerpts and thought it was quite bad. How did you find this? I, I want to know how you found this. I read a lot about bad books on Goodreads and a misnomer. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I was pretty selective. I did some research for about twenty minutes and found the worst book I could. He's better at this than we are. <laughs> this was. Th- Okay, so the all-time worst book we've ever read, Midnight we both had Sins. to read it, is Midnight Sins. Definitely. I would say if we were ranking, like, from the bottom up, Midnight Sins is, like, the garbage dump. Mm-hmm. And then, like, maybe half a level above that is this book. I'm so honored. It was so <laughs> bad. I have to say, if it had been a touch more ridiculous, I think it would have come all the way around into Christmas sex book territory. And become good. <laughs> yeah, and become... But it was... Just, mm, mwah, just bad enough to never become actually like fun. And it was insane. Mwah. It was just insane. It uh, didn't yeah. make any sense. Before we get much further, I'm just going to have to confess I am looking my sister in law and brother in law in the eyes right now. You, listener, are listening to this wherever you are in the gym, in the car, uh, working. No, because you're not actually working. Admit that to yourself. Dave but might be working. They might be working. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, but I have to look them in the eyes right now, and we're going to have to talk about a pretty heavy sex book. And not just like, it wasn't just a sex book, it was a gross, <laughs> gross sex book. It was the disgusting. Main, one of the main characters is gross. That is his defining feature as a human being. I will say spoiler alert. He is gross. Is it the rock star? He's the rock star. Oh no. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There is only one actual like we are currently having sex scene. But. But everything about the whole book is gross sex. It's gross. It's so gross. So the book. Both sex. The main character I suppose is a woman it's set in Australia. Apparently. In a very, like, remote area of like Australia on an island, on an island resort. Hmm. That makes and sense. And this woman named Audra, who no Here, one... Here's, yeah, here's the, here's the question. Uh, Michelle or Matt, pop quiz, what is the main character's name? Audra? Oh, yeah. wow, you got it right. <laughs> no one in the book gets her name right. Hi, I'm Audra. Audrey? Like Audrey Hepburn? No. 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 That's not my name. And That's means, not what I just said to it, you. It, it, it means, in some language, storm. Guess what she would like to do instead of maiding? Guess what her dream so, job is. Is she a storm chaser? Kind Gross. of. She, she, she studied to be a meteorologist. A meteorologist. You got it in oh two. Oh, God. Although, uh, guess if uh, other characters uh, negatively refer to it as being a weather girl. Oh, spoiler alert. 100% chance. They do. Hey, Ah. nice. Partly misogynistic. She apparently went to graduate school to become a meteorologist, but you can apparently only apply for meteorology jobs once per year, and she missed the deadline last year. So she's waiting to submit her application Mm -hmm. to to get a meteorology job. Um, And so in the meantime, she's working at this hotel. I am yes. pouring wine for reference. <laughs> and Sorry, I was using <laughs> the restroom. This this doesn't sound contrived at all. This is that was quite good foley work. That was actually the sound of me reading this book because I had to keep pouring wine over and over again in order to finish it. So 
one of her co-workers, who normally takes care of the VIP suites, is ill, so Audra, who, who, whose name no one can get right, has to take over the VIP suites. And one of the residents in one of the VIP suites is a man whose name is... <laughs> Alternately, Jason or Jay... Hmm. He's, he's, it's it's that's either not, at that's first, not a nickname for Jason. At first, no. I thought they were just getting the name wrong, and then the main <laughs> character forgot, or the author forgot what one of our main characters' names was. That's happened, and that's happened <laughs> in several of our books. Um, his name is yeah. Jay or Jason Felix, and he is the lead singer of a band called Chaya. Chaya. C H A Y A, which I can only imagine in Australian parlance was Chaya. 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 And he is. A rock star. I would like for you, I'm going to cover up the number, I would like for you to take a guess as to how many times the phrase rock star is used in this book. It's more than 10. 48. It's more than 48. 112. It's more than 112. Whoa. 126 times and I this took is, a tally. And this is a pretty short ding-dang book. I read like... 200 pages or less, less I think, for in sure. real life. No, oh, and in real life, it'd probably be less than 150. Yeah. I mean, Kindle, I like, you know how small the Kindle screen is. And I yeah. was sitting there like, I should probably read this before before I go do something else. And I probably got like 5% of the way through it. Just kind of like chilling there, not even sitting down to read. It so, is a short book and 126 rock stars. And Oof. all which... of the pages in which the 126 rock stars occur are awful. So Audra goes to clean the suite, and she has not met Jay yet. So she goes, she's cleaning the bathroom. And I would like for you to, to really think about this and think about whether it's possible. The geography of this. So she's in the bathtub, which is like a jacuzzi bathtub. And she's cleaning it. And she sees three frogs in the bathtub because apparently the frogs have climbed up the pipes into the bathtub. No, I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works either. They're bud wise and earth. So she's trying to get the frogs back down the drain and put the like drain cap on top of it. She's not trying to just catch the frogs and release them. Nope. Nope. Stuffing them back down the drain. Hmm. And as she does this, she hears like running water, except it's not running water. It's a man peeing. And instead of being like, I Our don't know. Our love interest, oh, ladies I'm and gentlemen. I'm sorry. I'm here. Mm-hmm. She just, like, what does she even do? She, like, oof. And then a frog apparently tries to climb in her underwear. That was tumultuous throughout the rest and of yeah, the Yeah, that book. was weird and They odd. referenced something that didn't happen. <laughs> she spends a lot of time looking at his anatomy and <laughs> okay i'm just gonna that. i'm gonna much like he did during that see that scene i'm going to break the seal he's got a gigantic wiener oh my it is a fire hose or a sausage or some we other hear a a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> political Gross. um so that's icky oh i didn't hear what she said so no, that's but... icky and they don't i don't i didn't like okay that i i I do not like the sight of wieners because I'm a straight male, cisgender, everything like that. But I cannot imagine, even if you enjoy the thought of penises, <laughs> but like, even if you enjoy the thought of wieners and everything like that, you enjoy them as a, as a physical thing. I cannot imagine during the act of urination yeah, no. that you would look at something and be like, hey, nice. Nope. <laughs> no, not a thing. 
So And that's why we closed the bathroom door. She's Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> she still doesn't say anything. She waits until she, he yeah. leaves. And also, like, a jacuzzi tub is deep, but it's not deep enough that a man standing up yeah. would not be able to see, see a you. person unless, unless trying it, to stuff frogs like, down the drain. Is it literally And that's like not a euphemism. S- is there is the bathroom the size of a football field? Because then maybe. But she was close enough to like see a stuff. Oh my god. But it, so it, that it's, was it's, terrible. It's, it doesn't it's, work. No, it's it doesn't. Very much like Neither the, does the whole book. It's the plot <laughs> case of like, I will not look to my left. I'm not looking to my left. I will turn two hundred and seventy degrees to my right, right in order not to look to my left. And so that's her introduction to the main character. And then, surprise, surprise, uh, it turns out... I, I want to talk about the reader's introduction to the character. Is this a metaphor for the rest of the book? Kind of. Pretty much. <laughs> the reader's introduction to the character is Jay Felix riding on a helicopter to this resort, and he's a rock star. And he's betting oh, I'm his... I'm sorry, wait, is he a rock star? He's a rock star. What is he's he? He's a rock star. Oh. Uh, he's He is a rock star. And he is betting his stepsister that she would actually like to sleep with him. That's our as the reader's introduction to the character. So it's which it's just dangerous about liaisons or no, not liaisons uh, dangereux or that's cousins. What are we? There's a real. Oh, what's it called? Cruel mm, intentions. Cruel intentions. Yeah, okay. Ye of the pool scene with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, mm. and Ryan Philippe and Carmen Electra. Really. I believe so. I don't remember that. Who knows? I didn't. No one can know. So once she's <laughs> no seen his stuff know. while he's going to the bathroom. Is Wiener. It's the we, best way to see we things. We realize that he is a rock star, that she has had a, a major... A rock star. He, did you know? He's a rock star? He's the rock star that she has, has had a major crush on her whole life. She had posters of him hanging up in her room. All of her like deep, dark fantasies have to do with him. So he's which, like one like, of the Backstreet Boys. But like no, okay. He'd be aged. I was a teenage girl, but even what? if you never, even if you're like, oh, that pop star is super cute. Do you really like have deep dark fantasies about them and kiss their posters at night? That's weird. Yeah, I don't Michelle's think that's like, really a so thing. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think that's like really a thing. I had a picture but... of BB King up on my wall, and um... <laughs> I was gonna say my poster was Michelle Kwan, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so she's a rock star of figure skating. It's true. Mm-hmm. A um, rock star. A 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 figure skater. So I don't know if you could guess this, but it keeps getting grosser. So throughout, like, they eventually meet, and he immediately tries to start sleeping with her because he's trying to prove a point to himself that he can get any woman that he wants. And he's super gross about it because he's super gross. I'm sure that hasn't gotten old in the 16 years or whatever he's been a rock star in real. Yeah. Yeah. How long has he been a rock star? It's never really explained how (laughs) they're the same age, but he was a rock star or anything else like that. He's Justin Bieber. Maybe. Maybe he got famous he's at, like, age 12. Be- he's only in Bieber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do learn a little bit about his history and the history of the band. Oh, God. <laughs> because that's the thing they learned about? They, they both dissolved into, like, this very... So... I forgot about this by the end of the book. Susan yeah. Had to remind me. So, the, we both finished this last... Two nights ago. We finished the book... And we were talking about it as we were falling asleep, and I reminded Mick of this this part, and he curled up into the fetal position, and he was like, no, I forgot about that! It was, like, rocking back and forth. We're not even going to talk about the actual, like, how I finished the book until we talk about so, the end. So, Jay Felix 
Jason? Jason, Felix. The rock star. a rock star. star. Yeah. Did you know he was a rock star? It sounds like such a so, rock star. So, rock star Jason J. Felix. <laughs> Jason J. Felix. <laughs> used to play the solo no, I'm shows. Sorry. I'm sorry, that's not a rock star. That's Spider-Man's editor. <laughs> <laughs> Jason J. Felix used to play solo shows at bars. And then he somehow wound up with these other friends that would play with him. And as soon as the other friends turned 18, they started playing shows together. But then one of his bandmates got kidnapped. <laughs> she was kidnapped and tortured for three days before the authorities found her. And she never really recovered from it. And it turned her into a songwriting prodigy. And so they became really famous. But she couldn't quite deal with the fame after all that she'd been through. So he turned himself into a heartthrob rock star to take Rockstar. the attention off of her. Um, I would I would like you to guess how this comes up in the plot later. A, does she show up? B, is he secretly trying to win her heart? C, does the band dissolve in a flurry of tabloid speculation? Or D, never effing again? D. D. Yes. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. I got really mad when he said that one, so I thought it was wrong. That's why I'm a terrible teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So that never gets brought up again. And that's kind of a theme throughout this book. All of these crazy plot lines are brought up that never really wind up being relevant like none her, of it ends up relevant. Her, the whole book is not relevant. Her brother, Audra's brother, even though everyone calls her Audrey because no one can get her name right. Audra's brother apparently got in a really bad car accident, and we are also led to believe to... that he dies, but he's not dead because he's a character later in the book. And then he are also tries sure? to kill himself. Yeah, is this a different brother or the same brother? Leon. Leon likes his money. Yeah. I thought it was Tad or Ted or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Levon. What? Levon, not Leon. Look, <laughs> Elm John is not so descriptive. But there's scholars whole still thing. disagree. There's right. this whole thing about her brother Leon and the car crash, and then later he uses her car because she left it at home when she goes to work on the island. And the they island. don't pay their re- registration, even though she left them cash to pay their registration. And so her car's going to get repossessed and all this stuff. And it's like a huge deal for like a chapter and a half. Never relevant. Doesn't matter at all. It's just a thing that gets brought up it's, to be ignored three chapters later. It's like a Raymond Chandler like slice of life for a person whose life sucks and is awful and uninteresting. And, and it no is one poorly cares. Written. No. no one cares. And... All of the, like, they're supposed Not to Raymond be... Chandler. They're supposed thinking? to be building... That's detective novels. They're supposed to be building sexual tension between these two characters because it's supposed to be a romance novel. Is it? I think. <laughs> because in the it's book, disgusting. they talk Every about rock star genre romance novels all the time. And so I think it's supposed to be, like, kind of meta. No! Or it's no! A... We have to talk about that more. Okay. In this rock star romance novel... She brings the rock star, the rock star, because Jay Felix is a rock star. He's a rock star. <laughs> uh, she brings Jay Felix rock star romance novels and is like, hey, this might help you with your situation. Because also he has a situation or something. We don't know what a situation and is. And so I'm really pretty sure that I forgot to do my research, but I was going to do research. I am like 98% sure she's referencing her own books. And that's why this one is free. Because it's a billboard for her other books. Oh 
she God. wrote this bad book hoping that someone would read this bad book and, and be, be like, like more of this, oh, please. this book that was referenced in this bad book might be good. Let me buy it. Hmm. And it's Raymond Carver, by the way, uh, for all the English majors who've been screaming at their phone for the last two minutes. <laughs> Thank you for looking that up. So all of the sex scenes in the book are disgusting. Both because of them. Jason J. Felix, the rock star, he's a rock star. Did you know he was a rock star? I had no idea. He's disgusting. He assumes that every woman ever wants to sleep with him, and so he gets, like, super assaulty with Audra, and I did not like it at all. It was awful. Well, I will will describe it as this way. She was objectified in every sense of the word. Always. Like, literally made into an object. Pretty much. At one point, he is having a panic attack for some reason in order to... In order to make him look less of an asshole, apparently. Mm. It does not work. Shocking. Yes. But uh, she is trying to calm him down, and she's like, well, look me in the eyes and talk to because she's his maid or whatever, and it's VIP service, and so she has to be there because he got in a car crash because he was okay. drunk driving, but, but he gets away with like, it. VIP service maid, like, no, that's not what maids do. Yeah, in this well, world... It apparently is. So she's also like a personal a assistant? Star. Yeah, don't forget the part where he's a rock star. I, okay, dedicated listener, Charles, Jake, Michelle. No, Michelle's here. I don't know. Other Wait. Matt, Matt A. <clears throat> Tally up how many times we say the word rock star for us. If we can hit exactly exactly 126. Rockstar, 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 rockstar. Rockstar, rockstar, rockstar. Rock My favorite. Rockstar, rockstar. Yes. It but, will be accidental, for yes. the record. Yeah, for the record. <laughs> um, uh, he gets in a drunk driving accident. Uh, it gets hurt. It is not his fault, apparently, and he gets away with it. Anyway, He's during one star. scene, yes, during one scene, he is having a panic attack and talking to her. And in order to make him less objectifying of her, she tells him, Hey, it's okay. You can just stare at my chest while you talk to me if that makes you feel better. That's less objectifying to her to like give him permission to be like, Stare at my chest and look at my boobs, and that's it. And then at another point, she is comforting him. And he's like, oh, thank you. And they're hugging and everything. And it's, and by the way, she's always constantly like, I want to, uh, we'll get to that later. The licking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, licking and so like... she's, they're hugging and he's like, oh yeah, thanks for calling me down. Anyway, if you want to get your tits out, that'd be great. And you're like, what? He is constantly no. referring to her perfect tits. I did that in air quotes. In all of the worst and most inopportune times. And it's disgusting. Everything about the way this character interacts with people is disgusting. And you're supposed to see it as like a minor setback, like a personal flaw. And you're like, nah, dog, that's straight up gross <laughs> and disqualifying. Right. Like, no, I would leave and never have yeah. with you. Again. There's no like, oh, he's kind of weird or he's antisocial. It's like, nah, nope. son, he, nope, if, out. Like, if this person were my friend, I would be like, get out. Get out. Well, no, no, this person, no, no, this person no. would never be your friend because you'd be like, probably true. Get out of my house right now. No, I, don't I mean, if Audra, if Audra were my oh. friend, oh. I would be like, I also get think out of Felix this the situation. Rockstar. Rock like, don't spend time with this person. Yes. He's terrible. There's also a weird subplot where she spends a lot of time with another coworker. He's the personal trainer at the hotel. And at the beginning, it's set up to imply that there's going to be a love triangle nah, between 98% her. Ninety-eight percent of ninety-eight percent of the book, it's set up to believe that there's going to be a love triangle between her, the personal trainer, and the rock star. Did you know he's a rock star? What? And no, he's a personal his trainer. His name is Sergey, and the they like trainer. go on dates and they spend a lot of time together. He and he's handsome. really into her, he's and really he's like muscly, super yeah. muscly mm-hmm. and everything. 
He's constantly like, asking her to dinner. He's bringing her her favorite beers. Eight percent. We find out that Sergey is gay. Sure. Here's my theory. By the way, is that this author was writing it, whoever they are, because that's a pen name, Anam de Poon, as I like to call it, uh, that they were setting up a love triangle I'm between sorry, wait, her. Anam de what? Anam de Poon. Thank you for finally <laughs> realizing the genius of that thing. I gotta know. I think it said Poom. I'm like, what's nope. Poom? <laughs> It's just one puma. <laughs> like when you only have one puma shoe. That's yes. Yeah, rock star. Um, yeah. That her, Sergey, and the rock star were supposed to have a love triangle. The author was writing that. And then the publisher was like, uh, ladies out there aren't being objectified enough. We need to release this today. She, They went back and deleted uh, about oh, a so third like of the, the book. Of the yeah, book. and they're like, oh, he's gay. They're at the end. <laughs> Be cut oh we can't get to the end because we have to talk about penny oh but wait wait how do they reveal that oh the best part offhandedly offhandedly of course because they reference like he says something about oh if one of the vip guests brings a hunky man with them let me know it's not even that i you had already told me he was gay you spoiler alerted it for me so i was looking out for it the first mention of it is is that several weeks several weeks prior he had alerted her to his deep dark secret that he would like. I game. didn't catch that because at that point I was doing some really heavy skimming because I did not want to be reading this book anymore. Anyway, Penny. Penny. Penny is another employee. She's another maid in the, at the hotel, and Penny is disgusting. Penny sleeps with everyone, and is like like that's not enough to make you disgusting. Chase your bliss. Do whatever. But, like, she's also she's awful. She's disgusting about it. She's a, well, she's disgusting about it, and she's just, in general, kind of a disgusting person. Like, she's terrible to Audra, and she tries to get Audra fired. Audrey? Audrey, yeah. Audrey. No, I'm yes. sorry, Sue, you have oh, it wrong. Right. It's Audrey. It's Audrey. Audrey. She tries to get Audrey fired a whole star. bunch of times by lying to people about her, and oh is just, like, God. a generally disgusting person. And then, also, she sleeps with everyone. Well, Wait, there's the she... time that she was like, are you going to pick up some lube? Because I'm pretty sure you're too tight for this big old it's, like, it's just all gross. It's so gross. Did, did, anyway. you, did you take quotes or no? No, I, I was too angry to take quotes down. I worked those too Those hard. are on your Kindle forever, Matt. You can't those are on your Kindle there forever. There were highlights in this book and all of the highlights that, you know, the Kindle pops up yeah, is only like, like 48 people highlight Well, in this book is like seven. <laughs> but like seven people highlight it and then you read the quote and it was just like mundane. Even for this book, it wasn't even anything. Yeah. Plot related or sex related, but really nothing was plot related because we were. End I was getting book. close to the end. I, <laughs> I hit ninety percent. I was like, I'm, I'm almost there. I have seven percent more. I'm, I'm, or ten percent more. I'm clicking through. I'm clicking through. I hit ninety three percent. I reached the bottom of the page. I click the next button, and we finally get to the like the the actual climactic sex the scene. Sex so scene. like seven percent left we're getting to like the sex scene between the disgusting rock star rock star j jonah jameson and audrey and and audrey yes j jonah jameson and rock and so he's a rock star did you know that she knew he was. and yeah. so he's really good at sex because he has it so many times and i have to That's give it, it works. i yeah. have it i have to give it to the author she really they really like uh clamped down on the metaphor and the themes and the character traits. And so he's a rock star. She's a weather girl. And oh, I am about man. to read the grossest scene I've ever actually, <laughs> oh, or the grossest passage I've ever actually read. But, but just kind of like, 
just pay attention to the to the subtext here. You want me to hold you the subtext and the metaphors and the. Oh God, I have to say this to my sister-in-law. <laughs> okay. <sighs> no judgment. I'm sorry. Judgment for yeah. Okay. <laughs> Scream for me one more time. His musician's fingers entered her instead, playing a bass line her core responded to with a flood of searing heat. Then his tongue joined in, singing a melody perfectly tuned to send her up a stairway to heaven. Oh my God. Still going. The song he played with her body reached oh. a crescendo, and she couldn't help screaming his name, not once, but over and over until her he- heaving lungs ran out of air. Uh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> uh, there, but there's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, wieners and wieners, and they're having sex now. <laughs> but another storm was brewing inside her, bigger and more powerful than before, already blowing her away with its intensity, though she hadn't reached her peak yet. Blah, blah, blah. More wieners and dicks and whatnot he was well the same amount i suppose but more mention of them see balls uh yes there's balls reach for his balls uh caressing them delicately as she felt the tightening within sorry he responded by changing his angle slightly tipping her over the edge until she flew apart around him clinging desperately to jay the rock star as the only as the only eye in her swirling cyclone of joy hey guys here's the best part page forward Okay, the sex scene is over. Page forward. The fucking book is over. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, do you remember what their jobs were? He's a rock star. He plays music. Is he a rock star? She's a weather girl. Not not dog. Not dog. Not dog. They both finish at the same time. And the book is over. They had the one sex scene. They finish and he's this is this is the last line of the book. Oh, I went way far back. No, okay, I went way far forward. I'm sorry. This is the last line of the book. It is. Where did I even? Oh, I'm pushing the forward button because the forward button is beneath the back button, and that doesn't make any sense. So I'm gonna delete this from the recording. Okay, take a pause. We'll take this all out. Don't actually so, take it out. I read, the, I finished the book first. I, I I was a little bit ahead of where Mick was at because I couldn't sleep the other night. And so I was up for like two hours reading this god awful book. That's probably why I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So I knew that this was happening. And so when I kept asking Mick when I knew he was getting close to the end, I was like, what percentage are you at? What percentage are you at? And as soon as he got <laughs> to 90, like the I, sex scene I, I've ever read. <laughs> As soon as he got to 90%, I just started watching him like a creep. And I was just staring at him as he read this book. And eventually I saw him, like, I saw his eyes get to the bottom of the page and then he hit the next button. (laughs) And then he looked up and then his eyes got really big. And then he dropped the Kindle. (laughs) And then he very slowly pivoted around to look at me with the big old eyes. And he was like, no. (laughs) No. No, the book is not over. And that is not how it ends. Do not get me wrong or Susan wrong. Neither one of us wanted to read more of this book. <laughs> but we just could say. not but believe that still, that was the end. This is the end. This is the last paragraph. Okay, uh, the circling cy- cyclone of joy. A warm hand caressed her cheek, and Audra forced her eyes open. Audrey. Yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, fuck, we were made for each other, Audra. Jay breathed. Anytime you want an encore, this rock star is your rock star is yours. The end. This rock star is all yours. I was reading over your shoulder. Listen. <laughs> I don't have to explain myself That's to you. That's the end of the book. That is where the book ends. Which, which, like, as we were processing it a little bit more later that night, what is the purpose of Jay as a character? Because he's not, like, the bad boy that she has to Oh, she got her dream job, by the better. way, during the book. She oh. gets her dream job. She's moving to Antarctica next week. Woohoo! And so she's not a maid when she has sex with him because the whole thing was that she would lose her job. And, and he bought the hotel. We were going to make this whole point about the. He bought the hotel. Yeah, he, he bought, bought the hotel. hotel. Oh, yeah. does he have enough money because he's a rock star? He's a rock star. He's a rock star. From rock star. And we were going to make this whole point about the difference between, like, the rule. Not the ruling, but, like, the rich and the yeah. working class. And. Yeah. There's this whole emotional management. And then we got to the end and we're like, that didn't matter at all. <laughs> the best part was, so I read a little bit further because after the book ended, they had three excerpts of the next book in the oh, series. God, there's another one? There's, there's three. There's, there's, I think there's six. Actually. And in the beginning of the next book, Jay comes to the island <laughs> after some time away and he checks in at the front desk and he was like, he says, I would like Audra to be my personal maid. Come, like, find me Audra. And they say, Audra doesn't work here anymore. She left for Antarctica months ago. Couple things. One, that means she didn't tell him that she was going to Antarctica. Two, that means they didn't communicate or talk at all for several months. Three, that means none of the things that happened in book one matter because our main character moves to Antarctica and isn't in book number two. Yeah. So it's literally a book It is a literally pointless book. So then what this book, what the series is actually about is a series of hookups that Jay the rock star The disgusting one. Do you know he's a rock star? What? That he has on the island. Yeah. He's in front of maids. In Australia. Uh, By the way, do you want to hear the title? Do you want to hear the title of the second book? Do you yes. want to hear the title? It doesn't have to be good. It's the story the continues in The Rockstar's Email Order Bride. So it's actually about the Rockstar ass. Yeah, so, yeah, so the main character is actually the gross. other one. So, so the main character of the entire series is actually the Rockstar. Jason Champion. But the author chose not to write it from the perspective of a Rockstar because... Women reading the the a romance novel from the perspective of the dude is weird. Nah, listen, I think you're ascribing too much Probably. purposefulness to the author. I yeah. think she was like, uh, six packs, wieners, uh, sex. <laughs> at the, oh, I'm I'm spent. Pew. I believe. Spent. Okay, I do. I yes. Speaking of which, this is probably my creepiest theory, and so we'll end it at the end. There's the whole theory, uh, or the whole joke online of like, oh, how you feel when you're watching online porn versus when you're done. And it's like this guy who's very happy, and then the guy at the end is like very freaked out. He's like, oh my god, what was I doing? I already spoke this to you, uh, Susan. And so the <laughs> my whole theory is that the person writing it was like in that first mode of like this is really great and it's amazing and then, you're like, and then after dirty. it was done she's like yeah Ew. <laughs> like, the word. i'm gonna delete my browser history <laughs> like that was the end of that's why the book ended so soon is that she was the author was like oh what am i doing? oh god 
I can't come back to I this. I have yeah, this no in kidding. my Kindle history forever. I'm sorry. Uh, this is going to skew my Amazon recommendations until the literal end of time. My Amazon, I get three emails from Amazon every single morning. And half of them are for books, I would say. 1.5 a day. And gross. They are the worst. Just by reading the titles, I know. That's bad. That's bad. So I did did a good job, though? You did a fantastic job. You did a fantastic job. I hated this book so much. I'm not sorry. Beginner's luck. (laughs) I will say. Uh, So so I think that will do it for us for this edition of Bibliovile, the worst terrible book exchange there is. Uh, Couples Challenge Vol, period two. So thanks to Matt and Michelle. And thanks to Jay Felix, the rock star. He's a rock star. Thanks to Mick and Susan for hosting us. Of course. Shout out to Dave. Yay, Dave. Yay, Dave. Loyal viewer. Um, If you would like to follow any of us on Twitter, Mick is at Dickima, D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. I I am at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. I am I-C-F-A-S-N-T-W. It stands for I Can't Find a Screen Name That Works. Oh, thank God. I finally know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Matt doesn't have a Twitter account. I don't have an online presence. Perfect. <laughs> um, He's the... on Instagram, underscore Matt, underscore Lauer. Yes. The... He posts nothing. It's <laughs> the theme music for our podcast, the intro music, as it were, is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Check their stuff out on YouTube. Also go check out Run the Jewels 3. Uh, do it. That'll do it for us tonight. So, again, Dave... I hope you have the best night. We will be back in a couple nights. Uh, or pfft, A couple a, weeks. A couple weeks. With our back to normal Susan and I getting bad books style bibliophile. No more special episodes. I'm sorry. But if you like us, you can have us back. Yeah. Yay! Well, we would love to. I'm yeah, sure we'll... Susan and Nick about it. We'll see. Yes, at us. We'll see Matt and Michelle again soon. Yeah. Subscribe and retweet. I'm the worst person at the end of YouTube videos. Good night, Dave. Bye. Bye. Bye.